that patients actually, you know, compared to particularly for chronic pain, but not just for chronic pain, you know, when patients have tried everything, you know, I've spoken to patients who, you know, have been on fentanyl in their in their teenage years. Fentanyl is, I think, I believe is 50 times stronger than heroin. And they're essentially being given sort of palliative care. And actually, you know, now, thanks to medicinal cannabis, they still have their condition. They're never going to be completely free for pain, but they have quality of life and they actually have a life. That's the voice of Mary Biles. She's a journalist, author and educator delving into the world of medical cannabis. This is the Lizelle Wellbeing Show, the podcast helping us all have a better second half. I'm Liz Earle, and as you know, I'm on a bit of a mission to find ways for us all to thrive in later life by investing in our health and our well-being today. Now, I must confess to being a bit confused by all the chatter around CBD, the multitude of different products and formats flooding onto the market right now, as well as the ongoing discussions around the general safety and health benefits of cannabis in general and its active component, THC, in particular. And I remember speaking to Professor David Nutt on this just a while back on this very podcast and how enthusiastically he spoke of its potential safety and many benefits benefits for helping to treat all kinds of serious illnesses, including chronic pain and hard-to-treat migraine. In fact, following on from our conversations then, my eldest daughter Lily has been able to get onto the medical programme run by David's research charity, drugscience.org, and has indeed found some helpful pain relief with her prescription for medical cannabis. Now, it's not sadly been the complete answer, but it is definitely one of the more helpful protocols that she is trialling right now. Well, whatever your thoughts on all this, you just won't be able to miss the huge number of products containing CBD on the high street. So is this something many of us should be incorporating into our daily lives? Can it really help those with chronic pain and mental illness? And is medical cannabis even becoming more widely available? Well, leading CBD expert Mary Biles will be here to answer those questions and plenty more in just a moment. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com hi mary a warm welcome i'm so fascinated to be having this discussion with you it just seems that cbd and talk of cannabis and all associated with it is just surrounding us at the moment how did you end up wanting to explore it and, and become such a passionate advocate? 
Do you know what? And th- firstly, thank you for having me on, on the show. Um, I think CBD and cannabis found me, frankly. I was never particularly a recreational smoker of cannabis. I'd heard vaguely of the medicinal properties, but it really started, um, I was living in Spain at the time in Seville. A friend's mum was dying of pancreatic cancer. Um, she'd had the chemo, the radiotherapy, and she really wasn't coping well at all with um, with the opiates and the morphine. It wasn't handling her pain, actually, and she kind of lost her lucidity and just had no quality of life. And this actually was in Belgium, where actually it's still um, cannabis isn't legal for medicinal purposes, but somehow her doctor managed to kind of find a grey area and prescribed her cannabis oil in the last few weeks of her life. It still kind of makes me emotional to this day because I've always felt very strongly about the right to die with dignity and and, um, to have a good death. And for her, actually, it really helped with her pain. She maintained a lucidity. It gave her a bit of appetite. She could sleep better. Her anxiety was better. And she just could live out those final weeks with a better quality of life with her family. And I remember it very clearly. I was in my kitchen in Seville. And when she told me this, I was writing at the time a bit about plant medicine and about other stuff. And I just promised to do something about it. And then everything just kind of fell into place. There was a hemp fair. Two weeks later, I sort of got myself a press pass, trundled along. Was uh, There was two CBD companies there. This was back in 2016. One of them happened to be wanting to hire a full-time writer. So within sort of, you know, two or three weeks of promising my friend yeah. that I was going to do something about it, I was working in the industry. And that was, as I say, back in 2016, just before kind of CBD went mainstream in the UK. It already started to happen in the US. But that that was the kind of, yeah, that was it. It was a baptism of fire. I barely scraped through my GCSEs in science, but somehow I've ended up being a science writer, really. Yeah, and when I found out, you know, not just in terms of palliative care, but all the other potential benefits for our health that the cannabis plant and and then CBD, which was the easiest way to access it, had, you know, it just opened up a whole new world that I wanted to explore and share with other people. Well, it's amazing that you are doing it. And I have to say, massive congrats on your book, which I know is not a, a new book, but the, the CBD book, uh, which is The Essential Guide to CBD Oil, Mary Biles, is brilliant. It's it's rare, actually, that I receive a, a kind of a non-fiction, self-help style book that has had me so, I mean, literally just focused on every page I mean it's it's brilliantly put together and I I recommend it as as a must read and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that but how extraordinary and how devastating to have had that journey to to come to be so closely associated with CBD and cannabis and how absolutely shocking that there are these plant-based medicinals that can be so transformative for people particularly when we're looking at palliative care yeah. and end of life and also and empowering to have them restricted yes yeah, I think, I think yeah. it's the empowerment you know without going down the whole kind of conspiracy you know sort of hole yeah. um, sometimes I feel like the system as it's set up these days doesn't want patients to be empowered unfortunately and um, you know the kind of you know it's, it's been 70 years of prohibition really of the cannabis plant but during which time We've all been told, including doctors, that it's a, you know, a kind of drug of abuse with no therapeutic benefit. And it's been tied up in all sorts of regulations that have made 
research virtually impossible you know so hence you know the kind of the well heard and 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 repeated phrase that there's not enough evidence well you know <laughs> what do we expect frankly when it's you know when it's been schedule one for so for so long when it's been so, a banned substance no yeah. i was fascinated actually to watch how to change your mind the psychedelic series by michael poland the new york times investigative yeah. journalist that's i think it's on netflix at the moment and just looking at how hard it is even for credible scientific researchers and academics to get hold of psychedelic substances uh, mm. or you know mind altering substances to actually research them and you know if they can't get the substance to do the research then the research is just not going to happen is yeah. it and and i find it also interesting the double standards when it comes to mind altering you know we're all kind of reaching or a lot of a lot of us including myself reach for a glass of wine or a cold beer that mind altering is okay, but other types of mind altering actually are beneficial for our health are not. Yeah. So who I know that was one that? of the comments. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, follow the money. I, I know yeah. that what that was one of the comments that Professor Nutt made when we were talking about this very thing. Yeah. And he was that the drugs are the government appointed drugs are looking yeah. at legalizing cannabis, and his recommendation was that it should be legalized, and he was promptly sacked. And, you know, he said that the, the side effects are everybody feeling a bit happier and a bit more relaxed compared to alcohol, where, where, where you just sort of get, get aggressive and bolshy. And if you look at the A&E departments right. on a Friday night when the pub's shut, you know, so many of those alcohol related acts of violence and aggression. Yeah. Um, whereas I think cannabis, I mean, that's perhaps an, another discussion, but it just seems mm. to have a more of a an easygoing perhaps side effect rather yeah. than... Uh, for triggering sure. other things for sure and also you know in the kind of medical side of things as well I mean you know it, it, people are often worried about the safety and, and it's true we don't have enough safety data including for CBD actually but you know particularly for CBD because it's something that people have only been you know sort of using actually in the last 10 years but we do know that people are being you know medicating with cannabis for thousands of years actually and one thing you can say for sure that no one uh, has died actually you know it's not to say that you know you have to be prudent you know there there are some there is such a thing as cannabis misuse disorder you know and and while there's not a direct link between high thc cannabis and and conditions like schizophrenia you know for a young developing mind particularly teenagers you know it's it's not ideal for sure to be you know to be consuming it but for patients actually you know compared to particularly for chronic pain but not just for chronic pain you know when patients have tried everything you know i've spoken to patients who you know have been on fentanyl in their in their teenage years fentanyl is i think i believe is 50 times stronger than heroin and they're essentially being given sort of palliative care and actually you know now thanks to medicinal cannabis they still have their condition they're never going to be completely free for pain but they have quality of life and they actually have a life you know they can start you know one patient Lucy Stafford is now doing a neuroscience degree and you know swimming in the sea in Brighton and roller skating whereas you know when I first met her she was in a wheelchair you know and, and really you know had been written off by her doctors because there's nothing more they could offer her before before medicinal cannabis. That is just extraordinary. We will talk a little bit more about that. Can we go back to the basics and say really what the difference is between cannabis, what CBD is, THC, and what the legalities surrounding both are here in the UK right now? Yeah, so cannabis is cannabis is cannabis. Um, Cannabis sativa is the plant. 
legally it's essentially kind of divided into two types of plants so thc is is the compound that has the intoxicating effect so that's depending on the the levels of thc it's either classified as as industrial hemp or more hemp essentially so that's uh, below i think i believe it's 0.2 percent in the uk of thc hemp again has been used for for thousands of years it's you know it, for its industrial purposes so when i say that for it's, it's extremely it's, it's fiber is is very very strong and it's great for you know creating fabrics and and um, all sorts of materials so it was used um, for those purposes for for hundreds i think in during um henry the eighth farmers were kind of forced to to cultivate it actually because you know they kind of needed it for the war effort to make the sails for the boats going out to you know fight with the with the spanish armada but um, yes. i've got my history wrong please <laughs> please excuse me but yeah so so what they found actually was that that hemp while it doesn't contain very much um, thc at all it's it is actually abundant in cbd which is cannabidiol and so when we think of often if we think of the cannabis plant we we imagine that really sort of uh, distinctive leaf shape, you know, it's kind of you see on baseball caps and t-shirts and all the rest of it. But it's actually really in the, the buds and the flowers, which are the kind of chemical making factories that we find these compounds, which are called cannabinoids. So CBD is one type of cannabinoid, THC is another. And depending on the, the type of the variety of cannabis or the cannabis plant, you know, all these sort of all these ones with these, you know, interesting names like cheese and I don't know, sort of shiska berry and all that kind of stuff. So depending on the type of variety, they'll usually have different ratios of THC and CBD. And unfortunately, what you tend to find in the illicit market are varieties that are extremely high in THC which, you know, sort of people choose for the recreational purposes. But what's interesting, you know, back in the day before, you know, that was sort of in the hands of, of gangs who are cultivating, it would have had much more CBD, actually. And what CBD does is, is kind of balance out the effect of THC. So actually for, for patients um, who, they don't want to get high, they actually just want to manage their pain or their anxiety or their yes. spasticity they combine, often it's a kind of one-to-one -one ratio of, of THC and CBD, and actually they don't have any intoxicating effect at all. They're just managing their symptoms. But it's CBD, cannabidiol, which really sort of over the last, yeah, five or six years has just kind of gone crazy and yes. seems to have taken over all it the really shelves has. of all the kind of health food shops. and, and On everything, uh, you can yeah. drink it, rub it on, inhale mm -hmm. it, you know, add it to face cream, so yeah. many things. So is the main difference THC and CBD, THC being the intoxicating part? Yeah. Presumably that's the illegal part that and is CBD illegal part. is the legal part. That's correct. Right? That's the correct. Yeah. So CBD is, is completely legal. CBD is completely legal as long as it contains the legally allowable amount of THC, which is next to nothing. So that that's a kind of whole right. other story. But I mean, most products on, on the market, if, you know, if you're buying them online or in the shops or what have you, will be the sort of legal allowable amount. That's not to say, because sometimes, you know, when we sort of talk about THC and CBD, it can kind of like be, oh, CBD is the good one. THC is the bad one. And it's not like that at all. THC combined with the naturally occurring other compounds in the plant, so which include CBD and other minor cannabinoids. And there's also 
very interesting compounds called terpenes. I don't want to sort of like, you know, blow the listeners' heads mm. with all this information, but I imagine, you know, Liz, for you, you know, with your sort of background with all the products that you created, I imagine they contained yeah. uh, essential terpenes oils. In, and terpenes. in essential oils, very much yeah. so. Yeah. So terpenes essentially, you know, it's not just found, not just found in cannabis, any aromatic plant or flower you know if we think of you know that kind of citrusy smell coming from a, a terpene called limonene which is you know added to a lot of products um, and there's really interesting research that's that, that's found about terpenes actually for things like limonene can really kind of raise our mood other terpenes are quite relaxing you know in lavender it's a i think linalool is is the terpene which has a very relaxing effect yes. so these can also yes, be found in, in so. the cannabis plant and actually because a little bit of kind of a, a, a bugbear of mine is, you know, we think of, you know, CBD, CBD oil. As CBD is like, well, it's all about the CBD, isn't it? But what they found actually, um, and this is anecdotally, but there, you know, increasingly there is sort of research looking at actually this can be proven, which it seems to, you know, there is some interesting research into this. There's something called the entourage effect. So the entourage effect refers to the synergy between all the compounds found in in cannabis we could apply this to anything actually we can we can apply this to you know it's better to eat an orange than it is to have a synthetic vitamin c tablet you know because you're getting the synergy between all the naturally occurring molecules which kind of the, the entourage effect refers to you've got the star of the show in this case you know we're talking about cbd and the products that are available but you've got the kind of supporting cast who are also really, really important because they're kind of like potentiating the effect of CBD in this case. Um, and this also applies, you know, to the medicinal products that are that are available if you go down the, the legal prescription route, like like your daughter, Lily. It was so glad in my heart to hear that in, in you know, in your introduction. Yeah. So. Um, what uh, what's been your experience of that talking to other patients for all sorts of medical conditions how easy is it to get prescriptions for medical cannabis here in the UK well it's you know if you've got the money Liz everything's easy right yeah but it, um, yeah, but it shouldn't be that way because also it is licensed for GPs to prescribe it not for GPs very not for GPs oh, is it not for GPs no it has to so be doctors. a doctor on the specialist register so unfortunately at the moment for NICE um, who you know write the guidelines for for doctors about what they can prescribe for them there isn't enough evidence for it to be prescribed through the nhs so ah, so therefore right. it's it's ended up you know you can get a prescription but you have to go privately there is some good news about that so when when the law chain first happened it was prohibitively expensive you're looking at you know, even for a kind of, you know, a chronic pain patient, they might be, I think the first prescriptions are maybe £2,000 a month, which bearing in oh mind, goodness. most people who have chronic pain aren't working, are on disability benefits. No, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so the, the prices have come down a lot and, and you know, um, Project 2021, um, which Lily is, is part of, the, her medicine will be subsidised so that the, the cannabis companies yes, who, yeah, yeah. who have kind of signed up to it have agreed to, you know, sort of offer their, their products at a subsidised rate. 
the kind of the the trade-off and this is really important is that it's you know essentially it's a it's a data gathering exercise so you know i mentioned before that there isn't enough evidence so we're talking really you know there aren't enough randomized controlled trials which are the gold standard for you know sort of approving new medicines but there is such a thing as real world evidence so what project 2021 is doing and there you know there's another kind of data collecting evidence from another clinic is getting real world evidence and hoping you know hoping that when there's enough real world evidence that actually um, it will be enough for for nice to to change their their current position but it's particularly particularly hard i mean i i'm sure many of your your listeners will have seen these really tragic cases of 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 children with drug resistant epilepsy so these are children mm. who have really rare types of epilepsy all the medications that they've tried have not worked their seizures are not controlled and they're having sometimes many hundreds of seizures a week they're ending up in hospital all the time it's a half-life that not only they're living, but their, their, their families are living as well. You know, yes. all their cognitive development is, you know, essentially stopped because every time a child has a seizure, there is, you know, there is brain damage. And in these rare cases, it's quite extraordinary. And it can be incredibly dramatic, actually, in some cases. Medicinal cannabis, usually CBD products with a tiny bit of THC, more than the sort of the you'd find in these over-the-counter CBD products, reduce their seizures and sometimes stop their seizures completely which is extraordinary yeah, it is isn't it we so need to shine a light on this we really do yeah but for, for so many reasons and i know one of the reasons i i love your book is that you talk about lots of different medical conditions actually in the back of it so you've got the the, the childhood seizures there the anxiety ptsd fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome autism uh, interesting managing steroid withdrawal yes that was an interesting one yeah. Side effects of chemo, uh, chemotherapy, bowel disease, breast cancer, Crohn's disease, Guillain-Barre syndrome, um, which we're seeing a bit more of at the moment. So, I mean, there are just so many potential opportunities, aren't there, to use this extraordinary plant. Mm. Can we take a little look, perhaps, deeper into maybe the workings of the brain or, or the body? I mean, I'll be guided by your knowledge here. Looking at the endocannabinoid, if that's the right way, endocannabinoid. system. <laughs> endocannabinoid. Endocannabinoid, thank you, one. system. Well done, yes. uh, And what this is, what this system is, and how does it explain why cannabis or CBD can be helpful for so many conditions? Yeah, that's a really, really important topic to speak about because how can, you know, someone with MS find it helpful, epilepsy, you know, patients with cancer, even um, chronic pain, it's like, well, the, you know, this is ridiculous, it can't help everything. So once we start to understand this system called the endocannabinoid system, so I need, I need to start by saying this is not a kind of woo-woo system that's just been kind of created or, you know, I'm a big fan of the woo, I'm, I must point out, you know, I, I really, <laughs> I'm a very much embrace mm -hmm. uh, energy therapy you know all the mm. rest of it but this is you know this is i just want to kind yeah. of you know establish that that this is something that's been studied and discovered back in the towards the end of the 1980s so there um, a lot of the kind of really important research in relation to how cannabis works in the body um, actually came out of israel so a scientist called rafael Matulam is kind of like the granddaddy of cannabinoid science had the kind of curiosity to try and find out and explain the effects of THC in the body. And so essentially, 
kind of it was like a puzzle really so the first parts of the puzzles were that he discovered some receptors which have been called endocannabinoid receptors so endo meaning within and cannabinoid referring to the the compounds in the cannabis plant so we have a class of endocannabinoid receptor in our brains and central nervous system and then a, a, a naturally it's yes, just there it's just naturally there. occurring all D- of us ha- ha- have that like yep. like we'd have an estrogen receptor we have an endocannabinoid yeah. receptor yeah. and i think it's it's an ancient okay. system i think um even though you know going back millions of years i think it's ancient sea squirts they found um have you know a kind of very basic endocannabinoid system so we have these receptors and, you know, you could think, oh, that's, you know, they're just sitting there for someone to smoke a joint. And, and um, but, <laughs> but no, actually, because, you know, the THC binds with these receptors, but we also, which they went on to discover, produce our own endogenous. So we make our own cannabis-like compounds, which are sort of similar Do to we? neurotransmitters called endocannabinoids. And so there's kind of two main ones that we know at the moment one called anandamide so for any of your listeners who are sort of you know study sanskrit or or you know into yoga will will recognize the word ananda so meaning joy or bliss so the researchers kind of intuitively uh, realized that this this endocannabinoid was somehow related to this feeling of 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 well-being and bliss that we experience sometimes and there's another one which has a slightly less sexy name of 2AG I think that one got the bad deal really but that is the other class of 2AG 2AG not 2AG I was going to say 2AG 2AG I was going to say wow that's very right on isn't it yeah it's a bit too edgy that one (laughs) yeah no just 2AG anyway so then they were like okay we've got the receptors we've got the compounds that, that bind with these receptors what does this do and what they realize is essentially the the kind of the fancy term is it's a homeostatic regulator so um i really like a a, a sort of description of it that um that i read somewhere um that describes it as being like a dimmer switch so it's it's there basically keeping you know all our all our systems in in balance so if there's too much activity it turns it down it dials it down if there's Mm. not enough it dials it up and so we know the system is working across you know every single sort of biological activity in the body and system so you know it's it's involved with regulating our sleep our mood our immune system our reproductive system everything it's involved in it's in you know mother's breast milk it's you know the the anandamide is so it's you know it's something that it's you know throughout our entire our entire body but it's barely known about it's it's because it's so you know in, in relative terms it's quite a recent discovery also you know it's because it's linked to the cannabis plant it's still just about starting to be taught in medical school mm-hmm. which is kind of a deep shame because it's actually a i think a vital piece of information for doctors when they're seeing patients with conditions that are really hard to get to grips with so what we're sort of understanding now and it, it, there's um something called clinical endocannabinoid deficiency so when the, the sort of the endocannabinoid system is slightly impaired and, and actually this can, you know, stress um, is not great for endocannabinoid system, uh, poor diet, not enough sleep. But they've seen in a kind of cluster of conditions like, well, there's a, a, an oversensitivity to pain, such as fibromyalgia, right. migraines, uh, yeah. IBS, MS as well. These are the kind of initial ones where an endocannabinoid deficiency has been detected. Now, the difficulty is, is that you can't sort of pop off to boots and get your endocannabinoid levels measured because 
as they're, they're kind of produced in order to sort of carry out this uh, regulating activity and then they get broken down again. So, you know, the, the, the sort of the data that we have so far is from doing lumbar punctures and all sorts of things like that. But it is interesting, and you'll know with your, you know, with your daughter that a lot of the patients who are finding help and therapeutic benefit from from cannabis and CBD are the patients with fibromyalgia, with yeah. migraines, with IBS. Hard to treat pain who've been in pain for many, many years, tried so many things, so many different therapies. I, I mean, with Lily's case, I can't even begin to list them all. And as I say, it's not the whole solution for her, but it certainly helped to take the edge off the pain. And for that, I'm yeah. supremely grateful. Is there any evidence that it can have a preventative effect, for example, to stave off future disease? I mean, people who are well now, mm. if we do have these receptors naturally occurring in all of us, in all of our brains, is it something a bit like a vitamin deficiency that we should be aware of and, and perhaps topping up or maybe we'll get to that stage in the future? Yeah, I don't think there's enough evidence at the moment, but I, I want to sort of mention as well that cannabis is not the only fruit in looking after your endocannabinoid system. So we know that when we do cardiovascular exercise, for example, we produce anandamide. So anandamide levels shoot up. We know, you know, until now we sort of, you know, we associate that with endorphins, you know, you kind of have your endorphins rush, yeah. but we've seen that anandamide actually is better at crossing the blood brain barrier than endorphins. So it's likely to be a combination of both endorphins and anandamide in your endocannabinoid system. That's so there was a really interesting study. Yeah, which I really, really loved it. I think it was, um, they did it as part of Trust Me, I'm a Doctor with Michael Mosley. And they took a group of women who were in a choir they're in sort of their, their mid-age, I think, and above. They measured their endocannabinoid levels in a number of different activities. So one was singing with their, with their choir and their choir leader. The other was, I think it was a Zumba class or something like that. Another one was like on the upright bike in the gym. And I think there was a kind of like a, like a sort of control activity, which is like reading a washing machine manual or something like that. <laughs> um, but for, for them, their anandamide levels shot up the most when they were singing with their choir. Really? So, um, which I thought was interesting because until that point, it was thought, well, it's only cardiovascular exercise. Yes. And certainly when you're singing, there's quite a lot of, you know, sort of activity that goes into it. But for me, Liz, I truly and honestly believe that there is a link between what brings you joy and producing anandamide. So I, I'm, I'm a bit of a kind of ecstatic dancer in my spare time. And that I'm, sounds you know, amazing, I, I Mary. I love this. <laughs> and so by increasing our joy and our endorphins yeah. and our feel-good, our natural happy chemicals, we're also supporting yeah. our endocannabinoid system and giving ourselves a natural high. Yeah, absolutely. And and I thought something, I, the other day I was writing about the menopause and, and Ooh, cannabis and the endocannabinoid system. Excellent, we'll which talk I thought about you might that, like yes. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> something that I found really interesting is that anandamide during our kind of reproductive years in, in the menstrual cycle kind of mirrors um, or it runs in parallel to the, the kind of ebbs and flow of estrogen. So, you know, in that first part of the cycle um, mm. up to ovulation, when estrogen is going up, anandamide is going up. And then in the, in the sort of second half of the cycle, it, it goes down again, basically, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah. And generally, after our kind of, you know, the postmenopausal period, 
anandamide well you generally yeah your anandamide starts to drop off and it is is lower so it's interesting that these two you know we obviously you know you talked a lot about the protective nature of estrogen but i find it interesting that you know this other kind of protective system and this you know this sort of protective feel-good chemicals that we're producing also decline in the post-menopause years Oh, Mary, stay right there. Don't go away because we're going to take a quick break. But I am definitely picking up on the menopausal aspects <laughs> of all of this and whether all midlife women should be grabbing a bit of CBD oil and rubbing it on. And I'd also like to talk a bit more specifically about our mental health. So I'll see you in just a moment. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manis and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So welcome back. And Mary, let's pick straight up with this menopause word. Okay, give us the real deal here. Is it your opinion that women midlife onwards should seriously be considering or taking a closer look at CBD for improving levels of joy? I think so. I think it's, you know, if we're thinking about genuinely supporting our endocannabinoid system, 
So I think, you know, all the things that we know are good for us during that time. So for example, I mean, I'm, I'm 50, well, about to be 51. And so I'm at the kind of perimenopausal phase. And I've noticed, for example, that when I've got that sort of, you know, that the pain that's got worse in the last couple of years, I found it interesting when I do exercise, the pain is so much better afterwards. And that lasts yeah. for a couple of days. So I wonder, you know, in this, uh, if we're kind of thinking about anandamide and we know that we produce anandamide when we're when we're doing exercise whether that's actually having you know sort of having some anti-inflammatory and and pain relieving effect and that's without even kind of going down the road of of cbd in terms of managing the symptoms of the perimenopause and the menopause i think a lot of women do find relief from cbd so we know that CBD can be helpful for anxiety. Trials haven't been done in the context of, of the menopause, but then, you know, as we know, trials don't tend to be done in the context of the no, menopause. They certainly you know, don't. So much sort mm. of scientific interest in all that, but that's a whole other story. But we do know, so there's been, you know, probably one of the areas where there's been most research for, for CBD is actually, you know, in, in the field of anxiety. What tends to have been found so far, they use kind of purified CBD products in very high doses. And sometimes it's like a single dose just before some kind of simulated public speaking activity, mm. um, which doesn't necessarily reflect into, into real life. But, you know, I know there's been quite a few high profile um, women and influencers who have found CBD really helpful. I think Meg Matthews is one of those yes. who ended up launching her own CBD product. Yeah, so, that's true. So I think definitely for, for anxiety, for sleep as well. Again, you know, sometimes the people who, who are sort of using CBD for something else, it's like a kind of happy, unexpected side effect that the, the quality of their sleep has improved. So that's another kind of symptom that it could be helpful for. And also, you know, pain as well. Yeah, I mean, it, as I say, you know, I think generally moving and, and doing exercise, if you can, is going to be helpful for the so releasing anandamide. And just to mention as well, we do know with CBD in terms of its kind of mechanisms of action, it's not sort of directly binding with the endocannabinoid receptors like THC is, but it's kind of indirectly boosting the levels of anandamide, which, which is interesting. So I think it's, you know, it's definitely something, um, in fact, the other day I was, for my article, I was speaking to a doctor in the US who has a, you know, kind of clinic specializing in the menopause and, you know, for the kind of hormone regulation, she, you know, goes directly to, to HRT. Some women, as we know, you know, can't have HRT or, or don't want to. And so she will use cannabinoids and CBD for that. I mean, she's in a, you know, state in the US where she can sort of re recommend and patients can go to the dispensary. And there's a whole plethora of products with all, you know, sorts of levels of cannabinoids they can choose. It's CBD certainly to kind of help to manage the, those symptoms. She said it's not really going to help to to kind of manage the, you know, the fluctuations in, in hormones. But, you know, there's plenty of other things, you know, even if you don't want to go down HIT, you know, you're more the expert than I am. But other kind of natural, natural kind of uh, phytoestrogen products you can yeah, try. I mean, my first point of call is always regulated HRT because that's the only way to actually physically replace your estrogen. But I think there are so many other things yeah. that can help support 
and you know even especially in times like now that we're living in even if you've got your estrogen topped up you know it doesn't necessarily automatically mean that you're going to have more joy or better sleep. I was just reading a paper last week which is you know it's a preclinical study so it's you know it's on a kind of like animal model of of, um, of the post-menopause but what they found and I, and I and it, it sort of um, I listened to the one of your last um, podcast episodes when it was talking about actually the kind of how our, our gut bacteria you know the gut biome can be yes. affected so they had two groups of yes. of um yes. of mice you know sort of uh, mice in the in post-menopause if you want to call it that uh <laughs> one group mice post-menopausal mice um okay so um I, yeah so um so one group had cbd infused peanut butter i think it was peanut butter and the other group didn't have anything and the group that got the cbd their bone health was much improved their uh, their gut biome so the diversity of of the flora in the and the you know the good gut gut flora in in, mm-hmm. in in their gut was was much improved and much more diverse and they also were sort of burning energy and glucose more as well so you know this has to be pointed out this is a preclinical study and so you know it'll be a while until we can kind of extrapolate and you know, extend that out to to humans but i thought that was really really interesting and shows the potential yeah. uh, for a preventative effect and a, a, well, a protective effect actually in those postmenopausal years so you know in the meantime probably for you know any postmenopausal women listening there's probably no harm in in including a cbd product amongst your kind of regime of of, of different products that you're using that is just so fascinating isn't it so talking about mental health now yes. and some of the neurological conditions, yeah. you talk in your book of all sorts of different things, depression, anxiety, epilepsy, mm. autism, ADHD. Can we touch on how this is all relating to our brain and our brain health as well as our bodily mm. health? Well, I think we have to start from a point where we still know very little about our brain really and i find it really interesting with particularly conditions um, related to kind of neurodiversity so i'll never forget it was one of the case studies in the book uh, which was um, this little boy little boy from dublin who had autism basically and um, i think it was it started with um, a kind of febrile convulsion or something like that and and then his you know his his kind of development started to go backwards and he kind of stopped speaking and he had really 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 high levels of anxiety and his mum Sharon kind of intuitively and with lots of research and with great intrepidation and a little bit of fear and respect just kind of felt okay she wanted to try CBD and research you know and found a good product and it was almost like a miracle really you know within a matter of I've read um, his days. story it's it's yeah. fascinating you know, she yeah. says that it's, it's you know, she's quoted here as saying his speech has 100% improved and his anxiety has totally gone. I mean, that yeah. is just so life-affirming and life-changing. Well, do you know, to, do you know what, Liz? It was, um, yeah, his, his kind of words, like one of his first words were, um, Mummy, my head doesn't hurt anymore. Mummy, I'm <gasps> not scared anymore. Oh, and actually, I, I have a podcast, is, and I and I use yeah. um, Sharon's interview is 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 on the podcast. It's called Cannabis Voices because I just it came from mm. when I was doing the interviews for the book, and I thought you know people need mm-hmm. to hear these voices and these yeah. stories, not just me like you yeah know, these real stories. Pasting. Yeah, yeah, not just you know because when you're a writer, you you kind of you know get a couple of quotes and then you you know you kind of 
fill in the other bits. But when you hear these stories in people's own voices, it's a, it's another matter. So well, well done. So what's in- well done for giving them a platform. That's really- well, yeah. I mean, it's um, but it's it is interesting, you know, with kind of these neuro neurodiversity. I mean, with adults as well, CBD, but also cannabis with with some THC seems to help. And and often it's you know it's kind of because you know in the kind of rudimentary understanding of 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 someone with autism and their brain you know they kind of are wired differently and even with adhd actually you know we sort of know that children with with adhd are given ritalin which is essentially amphetamines which has a completely different effect on them as it would do (laughs) on 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 me or you or another person you know hasn't got um adhd so actually you know often with with adhd a cannabis product actually helps to to kind of sort of help with the focus and concentration which kind of seems counterintuitive so it's yeah it's quite it's quite interesting you know that scientists suspect it's to do with the endocannabinoid system you know but still there's so much research that needs to be done well i think many people listening to this are going to be thinking right i'm going to be taking part in some of my own consumer trials here and cbd products do seem to be absolutely everywhere now as i said in the introduction you know you've got vapes and gummies and drinks and oils and you name it they're all out there are they all fundamentally doing the same thing or do they have different properties and outcomes Mm, that's a really hard question cbd is you know it's, it's cannabidiol is the same molecule whether it's in a drink or whether it you know whether it's in hummus or, or what have you it's really hard because like when, when this whole movement started essentially the products that were available you know back kind of six or seven years ago really aren't the ones that are available now so while it was really necessary for the industry to be regulated so to make sure that products contain the amount of cbd they say they do and there's not you know any kind of nasty pesticides or mold or anything like that it's kind of the upshot is is that um, it's taken the the industry down the road of just having essentially purified CBD products, which sounds great. You're like, wow, CBD is so good. We must have it as pure as possible and as take as much of it as we can. But sort of referring back to that entourage effect, actually, yes, what the the, the products yeah. that really created this movement were really the kind of full spectrum hemp extracts that were abundant in CBD, which is not a sexy title. So, um, so current, you know, consequently, we just knew it as, as being CBD. So they were the ones that the kind of, you know, have that really hempy flavor, which, you know, I know some people when they try it for the first time, think it's disgusting. They're kind of quite dark and treacly. And those products, sadly, for a whole host of reasons, are a lot harder to find these days. That said, uh, the advice that I give in, in the book is to try and find, if you can, a full spectrum product. So these days, it's, you know, that hopefully it will contain CBD, some other minor cannabinoids, the terpenes that I mentioned, and hopefully they have some flavonoids in there as well, if we're lucky. And it's really, really important to look for a product that has a certificate of analysis that, you know, from a third party independent lab that will show evidence of, you know, what you're getting in your product, that it's safe, that it contains everything that it says it does. For me, kind of the drinks and the, I don't know, the cookies and the this and the that, I'm not convinced they, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of, you know, try it, but really if you're serious, Mm. yeah, serious about actually adding CBD to your wellness routine, 
find a decent product you know kind of sublingual oils i you're quite good there's also you know kind of capsules and stuff these days i'm not such a fan of of vaping if you can possibly avoid it because we're still not so sure about you know if it's safe for the lungs with the kind of different products that they put in them but it, when it works it really really works so you know it's worth persevering if people are listening you know try it over a period of of weeks and it's also a good idea to you know gradually build up your dose so you start with a low dose and you just kind of gradually build it up you know over a period of weeks usually by kind of 40 milligrams that's probably you know on average how much people were taking sometimes less you know some people just need 10 milligrams but it's really an invitation to listen to your own body which i think is quite empowering actually and something that we've kind of got out of the habit of doing I think this whole conversation has been empowering, Mary. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely fascinated by this. And I know that there's going to be many, many comments and lots of feedback. I love your book. It is called The CBD Book, The Essential Guide to CBD Oil. As I say, it's not a brand new book, but it's definitely worth hunting out. It's one that's going to stay on my bookshelf in particular. Mary, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Just brilliant. Massive thanks to Mary. What an insight we have had. And I'm definitely going to be passing this one on, especially to my daughter, Lily. And I hope that you will widely share it too. I think it's a conversation definitely well worth starting if you haven't already. Mary's book, as I said, is called The CBD Book. And of course, as ever, there is plenty more evidence-based tips to help you live a better second half over on lizellwellbeing.com, including features on CBD. And that's where you can also sign up to the free weekly newsletter. And you'll also find links to my previous conversations on this, including that episode that I mentioned with Professor David Nutt. Really interesting episode. Well, do you have any experiences of using medical cannabis? Do come along and say hi. Do let the team and me know on social media. That's at Lizelle Wellbeing. Or you can contact me and that's at Lizelle Me. I don't do DM, direct message, on my personal Instagram because I do get a bit overloaded, to be honest. But I really try and respond to as many comments as possible left on my general feed. So I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, until the next time we chat here, go well. Bye-bye. The Lizelle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Lizelle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Production, with additional production support from Ellie Smith. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.